and welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's uh, Thursday, 26th of October, and slightly unusual, actually, today. I'm actually sitting with Phil right next door to me in the same room because my computer's crashed and it hasn't got any sound. So I'm going to have to be polite to Phil now, as he might just kick me under the table. So, Phil, how are you today? Very good, Andrew, and nice to have you next to me. And you can see all of my notes, so you know what's going on. I can. I think we're going to be talking quite a lot about American results because all the big Americans out there have been uh, having results. Um, America's still driving everything, really. I mean, there is just still zero liquidity at the moment in the UK markets. It's quite terrifying. And some of the sort of statistics coming out now in terms of the the discount of the valuation in, in it's not just the UK, it's other other markets as well, but to America are just extraordinary. We've seen that the, the our government, their pension funds have now admitted they have virtually no exposure whatsoever to UK equities. So all of our wonderful ministers showing absolutely zero support for the UK business community. What a surprise. Uh, they really are a bunch of idiots, but that's probably why they're all going to get booted out in 12 months' time. But actually, you've got to say, you know, you know you're going to get booted out in 12 months' time. What's the point of being cautious and timid? You may as well go for it. I mean, I say bring back Liz Trust. Maybe she had it right after all. Um, she didn't present it very well, but at least she was going to give it a go. Having said that, we're all sort of holding our breath for uh, November the 22nd, which isn't too far away now. It's only about four weeks. Um, and then we've got the autumn statement. And who knows, maybe that uh, Jeremy Hunt, who if you look at it, certain pictures of him, looks remarkably like Mr. Bean. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll do something in the autumn statement that will cheer up the equity markets and we can all be rocking and rolling again. Um, and actually, just finally, before I let Phil loose onto the American uh, big ones, this also has been a week where Germany, I, I know a lot of people who listen to me regularly know, know that I'm very bearish on Germany, mm. um, but they've had a shocking week in Germany. Uh, Mercedes warning, HelloFresh warning. Uh, what is it, world line having a yeah. complete collapse? It's been a disaster in Germany. Uh, I shouldn't, I, I'm not, I have predicted for some time, seven or eight years, that Germany was on the brink of collapse because of its seriously close relationship to China, Russia, and of course the internal combustion engine, all of which are coming to an end. Um, but whew, it's had a bad time. Um, but anyway, um, they're not the only ones who've had a bad time. Actually, just before you get onto the Americans, we may have a little bit of a chat about uh, CAB payments, uh, which obviously came out as basically probably being Phil the worst IPO of 2023. Um, obviously, only IPO about four months ago, and you've already lost yeah. about 80% of your money. Uh, I mean, when this came out, I know I was commentating. I have an absolute red flag for any IPO. When you see a list of advisors that's as long as your arm and even longer, you know it's an IPO you shouldn't touch. Because if it was a good company, you don't need to have seven gazillion brokers on the ticket. But CAB Payments had just about every broker in town on its ticket, which was a red flag. So we were negative on it right from the start. Clearly, Fidelity, BlackRock, Amati, Threadneedle, who were the main institutions that went into it, didn't spot that red flag. Um, which they should have done, to be honest with you. And it tells you something about those institutions. Anyway, um, have I let you out a word yet or not, Phil? No, Andrew, you haven't. <laughs> but I know that I will get in there eventually. 
Come on, what have you got to say about this week? Okay. So, uh, oh my word, I've been, uh, oddly enough, I've been sort of looking at my funding arrangements this week and my SIP and, and exposure. We talked about the, we talked about the, 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 the states um, and, and how it's driving a lot of the larger, uh, the larger institutional funds, the tracker funds, particularly the bigger, the bigger tech stocks. Well, we've had them reporting this week um, The the NASDAQ, I was looking at the NASDAQ, I mean, it's up 22% year to date. Uh, peaked in July um, and has been down ten, just over ten percent since. So, you know, the investors sort of look the outlook for inflation and the economy and 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 how that might impact tech stocks. Anyway, uh, now we are finding out um, how things are going for the big technology companies. And first up was uh, Meta. Well, just before I yeah, before on. get on to Meta, I'm not yeah. interested in your SIP, you know, as you were looking at it and reviewing it. <laughs> I mean, you know, did you have to look a long way to see something? Or what, what is your strategy on your uh, SIP? What was my strategy on the SIP? Well, naturally, I am a, I am a tech analyst with, with quite some exposure to technology, uh, yeah, to tech. And I was looking to uh, reduce some of that and probably put more into the industrial space because I remember back in Lehman's when Lehman's crash happened, there were some fantastic industrial companies who saw their share prices um, impact because capital expenditure can come off. Um, and I was looking at the valuations on ex- on uh, on industrials in particular in healthcare, so probably just deleveraging a bit on some of the on some of the technology. So yes, that's what I was up to, Andrew. So. Some brokers got some massive orders coming its way. Worth it were, I'll be taking early retirement, which of course I'm not doing, Andrew. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, sorry, so back then, to Meta. Yeah, moving on, moving on swiftly. Um, do, do you know what? I must admit, in terms of Meta and its share price, I've not been following it closely. Um, I haven't realised that it bottomed at about was it 99 bucks, but it's it's trebled in just under a year. Well, this probably explains why the NASDAQ was up 22%, well, as you pointed yeah. out. I mean, it wasn't just NVIDIA, which obviously no, was a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, these these big seven, as, as you know, we've been discussing how the big seven have a market cap more than the whole of Canada, the UK, France, Germany and Japan put together, which clearly is ludicrous. And any long-term investor should be saying, hang on, this cannot last in the same way as we had the, the reverse situation back in the late 90s with the Japanese stock market, right, Japanese yeah. property, yeah. Uh, it can't last, so you need to take some money off the table. The big problem I have with taking money is that I'm a great believer that AI, automation, robotics, and most of those big seven are very tied up and are yes. very positive yeah. long-term trends to me. I have pretty strong exposure to them in my SIP. Yeah. So yeah. do I trade out of long-term positions short-term to try and catch the market, or do I just accept, no, they're very expensive, but they're in the right place, so I carry on with them? Quite a difficult decision. At the moment, I'm just carrying on with them. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no me, I was just a little bit overexposed. That's why I moved a bit. No, 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 I've certainly still got exposure into the market, because you are right about these long-term trends. And interesting enough, reading through Meta's um, results, I remember you... you Meta's exposed very much to the advertising market. So we've got a big share in that advertising market. Um, they reported the third quarter revenue was up by 23%. Um, it had beaten, slightly beaten expectations. Um, but what was quite interesting for me is that they'd seen faster growth in their core digital ads business with clients rebounding from a tough 22. But in, in 22, 
there were changes made um, to Apple's iOS privacy um, the ruling on their software that that was limited online ads, and and that that's been changing. So that that's been helpful for Meta. But Meta pointed to its hefty investments in artificial intelligence in its technology has helped it to land more retailers looking to target promotions. So. So uh, amazing to see this because you've got almost a, a, a not a structural change in the market, but one of the main customers doing something. Um, they've reacted with their own technology and been able to leverage this this growth. I, I thought it was for me that was quite fascinating. But anyway, good for the markets overall because, as you say, you know funds have got wide exposure to uh, Meta, but also to point out that more than forty states have filed a suit in the federal court. Um, uh, Suing is Facebook and Instagram claiming the social media companies harmed young people's mental health. So something to watch out for. I mean, for it's there. an interesting point. Though, I mean, there's, there's more than just Meta on social media, of yes. course. And there's no question that social media is is having a huge difference in our case for our children. Yes. Um, because that's where old farts. <laughs> um, but I notice it in my own children. My own children are relatively old. I mean, the youngest is about to be 28. Um, but there's no question now that social media has a different impact and they have quite a difficult world to live in. And I don't know how you control it. I'm not sure if you can control it. I mean, and look, we had we had issues when we were children of, of growing up that were completely different and no one knew how to control them, so to speak. It's, it, could it just be a case of a replacement rather than something new of a different issue? Um, but there is the, the pressure on children from oh, social yeah. media and the yeah. sort of things that are going on. Yes. I mean, I was shocked last night as I caught the tail end of the news about this policeman that had uh, been doing yeah. terrible things with, with children. Uh, and then it says on like there have been 28 policemen this year alone that have been doing terrible things with children. And, you, of course, they use social media. Um, I don't know what you do about it quite. Um, it is very, very difficult. Um, but it is a very serious issue, I think. Yes. Yeah, anyway, no, sorry, that's yeah. a little bit of a red herring. No, uh, let's, let's get back to yeah, results. Okay, yeah, look, well, Microsoft. Oh, my God, how can you, uh, how can you beat Microsoft? This will be in many portfolios or in tech uh, for very obvious reasons. Uh, they reported their quarterly revenue uh, up by 13%. Um, gosh, if only we have one of these in the UK, 13% the quarter to $50 billion. Um, net income of $22 billion. You see the sort of margins that Microsoft make, but... But what was the market looking out for? Um, it is cloud services, um, particularly the performance of Azure. Um, and cloud services has been one of the structural, you know, the strongest structural growth area of tech over, over recent years. Uh, and their Azure revenue was up by 29% uh, during the quarter, beating consensus of 26%. So uh, really strong. And I was pretty interested to see as well in terms of kind of business spend on IT you know, what we're seeing there. Now, Azure is part of that, but also in terms of their productivity business, processing unit and software, uh, revenue is up by 13% there. So, so really good results, I thought, from Microsoft. And then Alphabet, again, one of the big players in cloud services, Andrew. I mean, you were saying this morning about their results, and I think they were um, a bit weaker than Microsoft in well, terms of the I mean, the results growth. actually yeah. were fine. Well, yeah. They were weak in cloud services, and that's what the market didn't like, wasn't it? And so that's yeah. why the market smacked them. Yeah, yeah. And yet, uh, yeah, overall, their revenue was up. Uh, cloud revenue was up by 20%. This wasn't yeah, quite what they wanted. Just quite, and you're just like, well, hang on a minute. Getting back to this is your point now on long-term investment. Oh, gosh, that growth. Well, yeah. 
And I mean, you know, the reason we don't have one in the UK is we've got Mr. Bean as the Chancellor. What chance have we got? You know. Yes, not an awful lot. Right, IBM. Go on then, IBM. IBM. I knew this was going to be all American. (laughs) Well, it's got to be. It's in all our portfolios, so yeah, too right. Anyway, look, IBM, um, their, their shares have been sort of treading water, I think, this year. But again, IBM exposed very much to hybrid cloud, um, but also a, a artificial intelligence, uh, it's business software, and IBM obviously an offer, a, a big uh, big investment in quantum computing. So IBM are staying at the sort of leading edge of, of what they do. But uh, whether a bit different to... Um, like uh, Alphabet and Microsoft is IBM are quite a big consulting uh, unit and very interesting to see what's going on here because consulting spend, I think Accenture had seen sort of slowing consulting spend, but again, it's back to what a business is doing in terms of their IT spend. Uh, their overall revenue was up just under um, 5%. Uh, profits were up, but they said that the uh, software sales, they were up 8%, so that's encouraging in terms of business spend. But the consulting, which the market were looking at, their revenues were up by 6%. Slightly lower consensus, but certainly better than people like Accenture. So, but consulting is quite—it's—it's it's one of those areas of spend that companies, with looking at costs, seeing a recession coming, will kind of often cut that. So, and there's a lot of people cutting costs there again. You never got fired for using IBM or buying IBM, whatever the phrase yeah, is. Yeah, so that, that's, that's big blue. That's the one. So that's a, a little bit of the, the U.S. tech. Uh, don't know if you saw the FT, Andrew, on batteries. Uh, Northvolt potential IPO uh, rumored. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this was a report in the Financial Times this week, um, saying that uh, Northvolt potentially plans to list its shares in Stockholm, eyeing a valuation of twenty billion dollars. Um, they went on to say that um, you know previous investment going into Norfolk has come from Goldman Sachs Asset Management and Volkswagen. That it's previously raised 1.2 billion euros in bond, um, and there's an announced a five billion dollar uh, debt financing is expected soon. Uh, and those funds are support construction of four gigafactories uh, and recycling facilities. So that was all in the FT. So that will be interesting to see. Well, I mean, batteries batteries and EVs, of course, all, all tend to get merged in together at the moment, don't they? And there's been quite a lot of news on the whole EV market. I don't know whether you picked that sort of yeah, stuff Tesla's up. Yeah, Tesla's results were... There was Tesla. Um, Mercedes. Well, just, just we mentioned out. Mercedes earlier. Yeah. yeah. But there was uh, Stellantis is looking to yeah. buy into... Um, Leapfrog was Leap that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I said that yeah, one wrong yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, and there was an article about Great Wall and their attempts to push into the European market. And so it's all sort of kicking off. I mean, I've always said that in terms of EVs, uh, 90% of the Chinese automotive market will be Chinese EVs, i.e. they will completely basically block out foreign car manufacturers, which is just one of the reasons I'm so negative on Germany. Yeah. Because yeah. up till now, it's been about 50% German cars. It's like Japan and the Brits in the 80s. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I think that Europe will actually be 50% Chinese EVs. Wow. Now, of course, yeah. it may not have the, the name Great Wall or BYD, although BYD have overtaken Tesla now. Yes, saw that. Um, yeah, that's volume. Yeah, because of course, we forget things like Volvo are Chinese. And if Stellantis yeah. buys into a Chinese... EV manufacturer, then basically they'll be able to bring over those Chinese EVs as Stellantis so they can fit yeah. into the European regulations. But effectively, it's all coming out of China. Why? Very simple. 
China can do these things just as well, but significantly cheaper. I mean, they're producing pretty good EVs for about nine thousand uh, dollars because an EV basically is a battery in a laptop with four wheels. Um, probably better than what I've got in my my, my <laughs> desk. Um, yeah. But that's what it is, basically, yeah. because the Chinese own the supply chain because they've got all the batteries. So. Um, uh, and it is, it's all heading that way. Although actually it's not EV, but I noticed this morning, Hyundai Q3s were up um, 151%. Um, so it's it's also a sort hybrid. of, yeah, it's well. Asia is, is yeah. outperforming significantly. Uh, anyway, that was a little bit of a one-off. There we go. So, but, it, but it's real structural change. And of course, they've got the EU now looking at potential dumping. Well, the EU is yeah. looking at dumping. The Chinese are saying they're being restrictive or yeah. whatever. I mean, you know, these sort of battles go on forever, don't they? Oh, they do. Right. Anyway, so look, moving on to some more UK-orientated uh, news. Uh, senior PLC. Senior? Not PLC. Not one I have looked at, I must admit, for, uh, for some time. 657 million market cap, SNR. I mean, this is one of our longest-established engineering businesses. Um, so they design, manufacture, they say high technology components, but systems, but it's for seniors best known for aerospace, uh, defense, but as, as well as land vehicles, powers and energy markets. Um, and in terms of what, you know, what they actually do, uh, they have, uh, fluid, fluid conveyancing, uh, technology also used in aircraft and thermal management, very important in aircraft and subsystems. Um, and they are supplying all of the global aerospace uh, manufacturers, um, been around for more than 50 years. But they've announced, uh, just in terms of their cooling technology, that they've um, won a battery cooling plate production order for a company called Valmet, um, Italy. And I thought this was really important because battery cooling, we know from Equipmaker, our own client who's in electric motors and has specialized cooling technology for electric motors, that battery cooling is hugely important to the performance of EVs. Um, so it's quite interesting to see Senior winning some business in that area. But I also noted in Senior was the shares is very well held by institutions. Um, the shares absolutely cratered during COVID, bottomed out at 44p, uh, and today are 155p. Now, in terms of industrials and advanced engineers with very strong brands, I remember like Lehman's crash and how all these cratered and they recovered. And that's why, you know, when you're looking at market, take Andrew's long-term view, always have a look at some of these these UK engineers been around for a long time, really, really strong brands because they will be around for a long time, given their customer bases. Look at see how they're performing and whether they're weak and, uh, you know, take an opportunity. So that's... That's um, senior, just in well, terms... just that you say they'll be around yeah. for a long time. Of course, they will be around for a long time. The only question is, will they be around for a long time in the UK equity well, market? Quite. Because every day, yeah. we're seeing an American group come along and go, say, thank you very much, we'll have that, because it's too cheap, and the pound's cheap, and we'll buy it all. I mean, we are in a shrinking stock oh, market at the moment, and that's the sort of company, as you say, it's a quality yeah. company. Oh, yeah. You can just see an American group coming along and saying, I'll have that, please. George, trading um, on, EV EBITDA of 8.54 to 7.4, and a P ratio of 23, 416.5, but the peg ratio, and this is a ratio of the P to the earnings growth, you always look at companies below one often on investment, 0.45. Well, that's 
completely wrong. Um, yeah. Um, but also with the dollar where it is at 120, everything looks so bloody cheap in the UK. So anyway, there we go. Well, maybe Mr. Bean will sort it all out on November the 22nd. That would be very, very nice. Go on to smaller, on to smaller companies quickly. Uh, Oxford Metrics. You like that one and they were good. Yay. I was, do you know what? I was involved in the IPO of this 20 years ago. There you go. That shows how old I am. Uh, the market caps are 111 million pounds. Uh, what they do is called uh, motion capture technology, um, and this is the sort of tech that was originally used in Gladiator and Star Wars. And what you do is you track human movement using highly specialised cameras, and it turns it into digital data points, and that can guarantee you know it's obviously used by they use computer software to look at those data points, and you can massively recreate lots of human beings uh, for film special effects. But more importantly, in health service, it can track your motion and how you are walking and your gait. And then you can translate that into computer imagery, look at that imagery, and they can recommend, um, obviously, treatments if you have problems with mobility. So they sell into the healthcare industry. They sell into the entertainment industry. Um, they've just reported a trading update for their financial year ending the 30th of September. Revenues expect to be £44 million, adjusted PBT of £6.3 million. Both ahead of current market expectations, says the company. Um, they dispose of a division, I think, just over a year ago, and they have 64.8 million in cash, no debt, market cap of 111 million pounds. So, plenty of options, I would suggest. Sounds like a great company. I think if they track my walking, you'd probably get the film Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew, honestly. Right. I'm chirpy today. Yeah, I? I could tell, I could tell. Um, a Chromec, which uh, is uh, KMK, I think is a ticker. Uh, they have, uh, from memory, uh, it's cadmium, and, cadmium telluride technology um, that they um, are used. It's used in specialist detectors, and these detectors are used to detect uh, radiation, uh, but also um, for biological. Uh, I don't know, it's biological emissions or whatever. But anyway, all I know is that their detectors are used by uh, governments for civil defence purposes. Uh, so if you were wanting to track a dirty bomb, for instance. So they did a lot of work with the US government, did Chromec. Um, and they've just announced a $5.9 million uh, US contract with the US Department for Homeland Security. Uh, to research and develop biosecurity technologies. And so this is a, a four-year contract that they have won. So uh, good news for Chromec, I think. Um, and I guess finally for me, uh, and again, defense-related one, uh, Filtronic uh, FTC is the ticker, 34 million market cap. They had a trading update. The shares are up 18% year-to-date, one we've discussed before. Um, why are we interested in this company? Because they are involved in electronics, but this is a, a very advanced area, a very difficult area in electronics, which is called radio frequency. Um, so this is electronics that's used to process very, very high frequency signals, sorts of signals that come off of satellites, that 5G base stations, um, but also using electronic warfare uh, in aerospace uh, and defense. Um, and they have said that uh, based on trading um, for financial year to date, together with their outlook, uh, they're confident of delivering their full year results in line with market expectations. So very well done to Filtronic. Well, any company at the moment actually performing in line is actually doing pretty well because these are tough conditions. 
Anyway, look, uh, it sounds like that's you, you. Well, I can see actually you come in the sheets of paper. It's quite good sitting next to you in the same room, isn't it? I, yeah, I can tell. I don't, yeah, I don't have you to go. guess. You know, it's you quite know, friendly as well. You know, um, I prepare well, Andrew. We, we might have to do this more often actually sitting in the yeah. same room. Anyway, right. Uh, that'll do us this week. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, again, all, as, as usual, comments. I'm still getting a little bit of uh, feedback on the Plexus um, story that we were talking about uh, last week. Uh, I do like getting feedback. I'm actually working up another new story, actually, in a small cap, uh, one that's dropped from a 300 million market cap to only a 6 million market cap. And I think it might be about to bounce back up again, but probably not this year. I think it'll be next year. So I've got a bit of time to do my homework. Uh, but I am studying it in between everything else that I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, look, any comments, please tell us. Um, anybody want to come sit and join us? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Have a special guest. We haven't had a special guest for a while. And of course, don't forget, we've got the VSA Capital Aquis, uh, Britain's Got Aquis competition yeah, yeah. coming up, which will have some tech companies in it on November the 28th. Um, make sure you've registered. Um, as a podcast listener, we'd probably give you a little uh, discount to get in. So just DM us and we'll tell you what the discount code is. Uh, but it's a great event. We give away free lunch. We give away free drinks afterwards. Okay. You really get to meet the companies. We've got Joanne Hart, the Midas column, coming along to talk to us all which will be fascinating. Uh, and Andy Bruffs from Shoulders is going to be there all day, and he's going to do a session where only the audience can ask questions. So we, we will have a lot of interactivity here, so make sure you're registered for that. But on that note, uh, enjoy the rest of your week and the weekend, uh, despite the miserable weather that's coming on. Far too much rain at the moment. Anyway, there you go. Thank you very much. Thanks, Phil. All right. I'll pull to chat next week, everyone. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.